I'm here to help pull them out of darkness into God's marvelous light because I had to forgive my father. After I was wounded and hurt from what he did to my mother, I moved to Atlanta, Georgia. I'm now in, I'm in North Carolina, was born and raised. I moved there. My husband went to law school. And while I was there, that's when I gave my life to the Lord with a young lady that was 19 years old that witnessed to me. And after I got saved, God told me that I had to go back and forgive my father. And if I didn't, I would go to hell. And at the time, I was very faithful in the church, paying my tithes and offering. I was on different committees. I was living the saved life. But the Lord re revealed to me, no matter what your works are, it's not moving me until you forgive your father and you forgive others. If I forgave you, you're going to have to forgive him. So the Lord, you know, my husband put me in the car and, the Lord, you know, we took, he took me back to Charlotte to find my father. I found out where he was living and I found out where he worked. Uh, little did I know he really wasn't living in the place somebody told me because when I met him, he was in an abandoned car. When I asked his boss where he was, he said he's in the back. Uh, behind the building, he lives in cars. And I said, what do you mean he lives in cars? He said, well, he doesn't have anywhere to live. And I and I broke down when the man told me that even before I seen him. So when he finally came around the corner out of a car, I didn't even recognize him. Alula Life Greens actually started for me when I was 23 years old. I went out and bought a $400 industrial juicer and I started juicing every single week. And I hated it. It took so much time, it cost money, and it was a process. That's when I started making the Life Greens product. It truly is the one drink that you should take every day for the rest of your life. My name is Amy and I absolutely love fitness. I'm a licensed cosmetologist and a professional makeup artist. Eating healthy is not the easiest thing. We get so busy in our lives, it's really hard to take the time to eat healthy and to eat right. My absolute favorite thing about this product is that they combine reds, greens, and probiotics in one mix. You put it in your water and you shake it up and voila, it's so easy and it tastes amazing. You'll feel a difference. Then you start believing that you really can change and that you can actually feel better. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Tina Ramsey Show. I am so happy to be with you today, especially with today's featured guest. When you think of the words authentic, prayer, trauma, transformational, healer, these are the words that describes today's guest, Dr. Connie Green. She is driven by her passion for spiritual healing and deliverance. She has ministered nationwide, sharing her powerful journey of overcoming struggles and then thriving. As a certified life coach, Christian counselor, and author of three books, everyone, Dr. Connie empowers amazing women survivors to surpass their traumas through forgiveness, confidence strategies, and spiritual enlightenment. So today, Without further ado, I'd like to bring on someone who I'd like to officially call Mama Connie. Let's bring on Dr. Connie Green to the Tina Ram Show. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you so much. That's a good welcome. Thank you so much, Dr. Tina Rams. I'm so excited to be on this show today. I just can't how to stand it. Let me calm down. Let me calm down. That was a wonderful introduction. Thank you so much. You didn't have to do that, but you did. I appreciate it. 
Oh, yes, yes, yes. But listen, I want to go even longer, but you know, do the time and we had to cut it a little short. But I really love what you do and how you help us through the power of forgiveness. Many times we go through so many different things in our life. And the fact that you took your story of trauma and tragedy and you turned it into purpose and power. And then you took it another step with helping other women learning how to maneuver our way through our past traumas. So could you just tell the audience a little bit about you, who you are, and why you do what you do? Well, of course, Dr. Tina, I certainly will. And again, I'd like to thank you so much for allowing me to even be on your broadcast. This is a powerful woman of God, you guys, and I just feel so privileged that you all are here today. Well, a little bit about my backstory is I grew up on welfare in a violent drug addicted home. When my father killed my mother, I mean, when my father beat my mother on a regular basis. And when I was 15, I was also uh, uh, molested by a family member. And uh, when I was 15 as well, my father killed my mother with a single gunshot wound to her stomach. And it, in one day or one second, as I often call it, I call it one day because it was a terrible day when it happened. But in just in a few short seconds, I lost my father to prison. I lost my mother to death. I lost my siblings because we were split up in all different directions after my death of my mother. And so I was left alone with nobody to turn to. And I was on a collision course. I began to drink alcohol. I began to dibble in a little bit of drugs. And I did everything I could to kill myself because I could not take the pain of the loss of so many people in my life, my sister, my dad, my mom. And I was left there at 15 years old in junior high school, still having to go to school. And I was just miserable and I just didn't know what to do. But uh, after all of that stuff happened to me, a few years later, I met the love of my life, which I have been married to for over 49 years will be 50 years next year. And he helped balance me. And I began to change my ways. And a young lady at my job one day witnessed to me about the goodness of Jesus. And I rejected her for several weeks. Then she bribed me. She said, if you go to church with me, I will buy you a steak dinner. I laughed at her in her face. And I said, oh, you're going to buy me a steak dinner just to go to your church? And I was just real mean and and just 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 the type of person that didn't didn't make friends, you know, and didn't want to be bothered. So she was just gave me love, and I felt the love of God that I never felt before. The, the short part of the story is I did go to that young lady's church, and I did give my life to God, and God transformed my life, and the rest is history. And and what I do today is the reason. The, the, what I do today and the reason why I do what I do, because I want to save every woman I can out of hell and out of bitterness and anger and rage and drug addiction to let them know that you don't have to live that way, that God can transform your life and you can live your best life and not only your best life, but you can live a victorious life and move forward and go back and reach others and pull them back in. Mm, that is so powerful because like you said, all of this, when you think of being a teenager, 
being a teenager by itself is not an easy undergoing because you're in that area of life where you're not quite grown, but you're close to it. But then you're trying to find your identity. And in that midst of trying to find your identity, your identity was lost because you lost your mom, you lost your father, you lost your family and your siblings. And yeah. so uh, it, it, we laughing at it now with dealing with the state dinner because the thing yeah. that a dinner was something that actually was the compass that helped you to go to get some help. That's so, right. A steak dinner because I hadn't had a steak dinner. I don't think I ever had a steak dinner at that time because then my mother and father couldn't afford to give us steak dinners. And so, you know, although I was out on my own, I couldn't afford to go to the steakhouse. So I, you know, ate the stuff that I normally would eat would be pig feet, you know, some, some type of pork, you know, chicken, you know, the cheap meats and stuff. That's what I was used to eating. So when she said that, I laughed at her and I said, okay, then if you want to spend your money on me to take me to church with you, I said, I don't know why you're taking me because, you know, I'm not getting saved, but, you know, I'm going to go ahead and go because you asked me to go. So I went there. And when I went to our church, when I tell you God showed up in a way that I never felt in my life. And I get emotional when I think about it, because if it wasn't for her witnessing to me, I don't know where I would be. Sister Tina, I wouldn't be here. I really believe I would be dead because I literally wanted to die. That's, mm. my, that's the pain I felt inside in my heart. I didn't want to be there, but she seen something in me and she loved me. I often tell people she loved the hell out of me. And even when I went back, went back to work with her, although I had the transformation, I wasn't totally delivered. And she began to minister to me about the Holy Spirit, the importance of having the Holy Spirit in my life because he would guide me into where I need to go when I get weak. And that young lady, she was 19 years old. And I was 23 at the time and she witnessed to me and I was very rude to her because she worked right next to me and she would mm -hmm. always talk to me about Jesus. And I would just cut off and say, stop talking to me about your Jesus. I'm not interested. And so when I went to her church, I even cracked on and told her, I said, I don't go to white people church. They can't sing. <laughs> I was just rude. <laughs> but the grace of God knew my heart. He seen something in me that I didn't see. He seen that I was going to be helping amazing women survivors overcome life disappointments and childhood trauma. And so that's who I am today. And that's who I fight for. And that's what my purpose is on this earth today, to pull women out of hell and give them the life that they deserve. You know, when I think of your story, when I think of your story, it reminds me of the apostle Paul before he became the apostle Paul, when he was Saul. Yes. I was Saul. <laughs> He used to persecute God's people. Yeah. And he thought he was doing a good thing because he was so hurt. He thought he was doing a good thing. And then all of a sudden, God, he, he used him. Mm -hmm. And his name got changed to Paul um, once he became a Christian. Mm -hmm. And see how much work he did for his brothers and sisters throughout the Bible. But when you look at how he started, you can't imagine a person like that. Mm-hmm a true follower and so with you comparing that story in the bible to you and you mentioned how and i can't imagine you being mean and being abrasive i just can't imagine you being like that and so the know that she saw something in you like god saw something in all you know just by all of us whether we decide mm -hmm. to act 
something or not. Mm-hmm. And now you're making it your life ministry to, uh, I would say, unlock that in so many other women who are struggling. So when you think about this, who are you? We know you're helping women, but who are you living your life to impact on a larger scale? Because I know that you are a servant leader first. I already know that. So who are you looking for? Who are you helping uh, for the women who may be watching this broadcast that may feel like you're not for them. Because I know sometimes we get afraid. Mm-hmm. We may be going through an abusive relationship. We may be, uh, or know a friend, and mm-hmm. we just don't think that anybody can help us out of this situation, especially a complete stranger. So mm-hmm. what are some things that you do to uh, to help the women? Because you're certified. It's not just like you're a coach just running around here. You, you're a certified life coach and a Christian counselor. So tell the women uh, how, how you're going to help them. People that have experienced trauma, people that are still living their life to the best of their ability, but they keep going back to the places of the hurt and the pain that they go through. I'm here to help people that are not saved, that don't know God and needs to know that he's real, need to know that he can help you no matter what situation you've been in, no matter what situation that you're going through, no matter what you've done in life, God is there to heal the wounded soul. I'm here as a pastor's wife and a pastor. I've been serving in ministry for over 40 years and I've seen the loss I have I have actually evangelized the young lady that witnessed to me and I laughed at her and I was mean to Christians when they came back. I was that Paul. And now I evangelize the world, people that I see that need God. I have patience with those that don't know God. When they laugh, when they talk about me, I have love of God that he's given me. I'm here to help those that are, are angry and have not forgiven those that have hurt them and have trespassed against them and they're walking around in bitterness i'm here to help pull them out of darkness into god's marvelous life because i had to forgive my father after i was wounded and hurt from what he did to my mother i moved to atlanta georgia i'm now i'm in north carolina was born and raised i moved there my husband went to law school and while i was there that's when i gave my life to the lord with the young lady that was 19 years old that witnessed to me and after i got saved god told me that I had to go back and forgive my father. And if I didn't, I would go to hell. And at the time, I was very faithful in the church, paying my tithes and offering. I was on different committees. I was living the saved life. But the Lord revealed to me, no matter what your works are, it's not moving me until you forgive your father and you forgive others. If I forgave you, you're going to have to forgive him. So the Lord, you know, my husband put me in the car and, the Lord, you know, we took, he took me back to Charlotte to find my father. I found out where he was living and I found out where he worked. Uh, little did I know he really wasn't living in the place somebody told me because when I met him, he was in an abandoned car. When I asked his boss where he was, he said he's in the back uh, behind the building. He lives in cars. And I said, what do you mean he lives in cars? He said, well, he doesn't have anywhere to live. And I, and I broke down when the man told me that even before I seen him. So when he finally came around the corner out of a car, I didn't even recognize him. He was a very uh, good-looking man, light-skinned with gray eyes. And uh, I'm of a Jewish heritage, because, so his father was a Jew. He married a black, my granddad married a black lady, so he was he's actually uh, half Jew as well. 
So you can imagine how good looking he was. But when I seen him, I didn't recognize him because he was black as smut. And he walked up to me and he said, somebody said you need to see me. And I said, yes. I said, I'm Connie. I said, your daughter, do you remember who I am? And he said, no, I don't know who you is. And he, and he looked at me again and I said, daddy, I forgive you for killing mama. And, and every time I get that story, I get emotional because I began to cry. He began to cry. And it was like a light just turned on in his head. He had mental illnesses during those times after he killed my mom, and I didn't know it. I was, you know, in Atlanta evangelizing people, leading people to God, and little did I know my father was homeless. And when I forgave him, it was like a load just lifted off of me. I can't explain it all. I know is I was free. I took my daddy out of the streets and took care of him till he died. Me and, my, me and my husband preached his funeral and we paid for his funeral. I just want to teach people the power of love. That's who I am. Let it go. Forgive. Sit yourself free. Sit those free that are that, are wound, that has wounded you. Forgive those that have hurt you. It's not worth your life. You can be happy. You can be free. You can forgive. If I did, you can too. Mm, that's mm, what mm. I. That's why I'm here on this earth. I have a mandate from God. He's been so good to me. That's why I've been saved for forty some years. I don't play no games with God. I live the life that the Bible teaches us. Not perfect by no means, but I do everything that I can to make sure I please Him and not man. God mm. is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Yes, he is. And on that note, we're going to take a commercial break from my sponsors, which is community.com and SettleShark. So we'll be back after these commercial breaks. Wow, you're amazing at dancing. Did you take classes for that? No, I taught myself. Teaching dancing lessons could be a great way for you to share your expertise and earn an income doing what you love. Really? How can I do that? Just use the community app. You can create a class there, set the location, and people in the area get notified. They can sign up and pay for the class right on the app. Whoa, that's great. I'm going to download the community app and create a class right away. So excited to teach you all some new dancing moves. Does this resonate with you? Has a company ripped you off in the past? SettleShark is changing how consumers get money back from companies. SettleShark assists consumers during the entire process, from beginning to end. Our process is simple, convenient, affordable, and powerful. You're in control. We are here to help you. Contact us today at www.settleshark.com or call 1-888 
So just like that, we are back. So I want you to go quickly to the Apple Store or the Google Play Store and download the community app. If you have any skills that you do and you teach, this app is free for you to use and it utilizes an amazing, safe way for your ideal client to connect with you. You just download the community app, select what type of class you want to teach and put it out on the app. It will notify people within a 10 mile radius. And if they want to take your class, they book it, you get paid and everybody is a win-win situation. No longer will your guests get lost trying to get to your event because the GPS will lead them straight to you on the from the community app and if you are a consumer that has been battling with rental problems or dealing with cell phone issues or so much more and you want to get your money back settle chart has taken uh that for the consumer getting you justice being able to be the voice for you they have an effective way to create demand letters so that those businesses will take notice and give you your money back they also uh, now is utilizing a diy process where you do not have to do anything <laughs> you just put in your claim and set up with their amazing team will take care of all the work for you. So make sure to check out settleshark.com today. And so before the commercial break, we were speaking with Dr. Connie Green, who is an amazing woman of God and also a woman of courage. She shares her inspirational story unapologetically, sharing her journey of forgiveness. Many of us we help so many people, but yet we are plagued with the weight on our heart and our spirit because we have not forgiven ones who have passed caused trauma to us. So she is on a personal mission, on a mandate to help women all over the world be able to unlock this hidden trauma, be able to free yourself and be able to find your way to have a relationship with God. So on that, let me bring her back on to the stage. Welcome back to the show, Dr. Connie. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And so before we went to commercial break, you shared how you didn't even recognize your dad when you saw him. You had no idea that he... Uh, was in the condition that he was in. And you had no idea that after he actually shot your mama with one gunshot wound to her stomach, that at the age of 15, when you were 15, you mm -hmm. had no idea that he started battling mental illness from that time onward. And so mm -hmm. I thought it was very ironic that when you first met, when you first saw him initially, and I can literally see it as you describe the story that you saw him because you said he was a fair skinned man with gray eyes and he right. was dark, mm -hmm. dark. You were like, who is this? And then secondly, you said, hey, I'm Connie. And he did not recognize that. But when you said this right here, mm -hmm. I forgive you, daddy. That mm -hmm. powerful word of forgiveness. It broke it. it broke it. it. broke And then tears mm -hmm. of redemption and mm -hmm. forgiveness. And then you did something remarkable. You took him in. You took care of him. You provide a home, a safety net, because he had no home. So what made you say, because you could have just went there and just forgave him and found mm -hmm. housing for him uh, or did nothing. 
other than giving him your forgiveness. But what made you decide to take it a step further and say, not only am I going to forgive my father, but I'm going to open my home to my father, although he took the life of my mother. What was the mindset? And your husband also allowed him mm -hmm. to come into your home as well. So what mindset? Why did you decide to do that? Because all you had to do was forgive. The Bible mm -hmm. said forgive. You took it to another step. So what made you do that that way? Dr. Tina, it was nothing but the love of God. It was the love of God that compelled me to love him back. God had been so good to me to I couldn't do nothing but help my father out because he helped me. I was in a terrible state. I was, you know, diagnosed also with depression, anxiety. I tried to kill myself three times. And when I got saved, God just transformed my life. And I just began to love everybody and anybody that had ever hurt me. The people that raped, the guy that raped me, I forgave him. The family member that molested me, I forgave him. Those that talked mean to me and was angry with me and bitter, that I felt because they treated me so bad after I moved in with other people after the death of my mother. It was hard sometimes, but I kept going after I gave my life to the Lord. I was willing to do it. So when I took him off the street, it was actually me and my two sisters that really helped him because even though he came out of the street, he never would stay with any one of us except my older sister, which was by his first wife. He had been married twice. So finally, my older sister that was by my, my, my father's first wife, he felt safer with her because he knew he had killed our mothers. It was five of us, too. He married my, my mother was the second mother. He married her, and it was five of us through that union. He also had six from his first wife. So he ended up actually living with my, my stepsister. But I was the one responsible for taking him off the street and getting him rehabilitated and making sure he had a, a, a good place to live. But I did, you know, keep in contact and visit him at the, at the, he finally had to go to the nursing home because they could no longer take care of him as he got older. And I was able to go visit him as well. So um, I really, when I say I totally forgave him, it was nothing but the power of God. It was nothing, not that I was so strong and I was able to do it because I was so holy and down. No, it was none, it was not like that. It was truly, the miracle of God, the power that compelled me. He totally delivered me when I gave up the ghost of anger and bitterness. And I said, Daddy, I forgive you. Soon as I said those words, the spirit of God just rested on me and the heaviness just left immediately. And the power of love came into my spirit. And since then, I'm the same way I'm, I'm able to forgive people no matter what they do to me. And people have done some horrific things to me over my life. But I have learned to cry for about two weeks and then get up off my knees, dry my tears, and keep it going. You got to just keep it going. Wow. And so what I'm hearing on today is not only the power of forgiveness, but also you develop and you cultivate it. It's a skill. It's, it's a not skill. something that naturally comes. And so when I think about what you do and how you do it. You're not only helping these women build confidence. You're not only helping them find God. You're not only helping them to identify the hurt and pain and tackle it head on, but most importantly, you helping them, giving them skills. So even if another tragedy happened in their lives, they have the skills mm -hmm. that they can work through this process over and over again, because you can't control what other people do. 
You can have the best intentions. You can do everyone right to the disability. You would think everyone would do you right, be reciprocated, but that's not always the case. And so uh, teaching them all those skills, that is transformational in itself. So with that being said, I know that you're an author of three books. So tell us about your books. Why did you decide to write them and what they're about? Okay. Well, my very first book, after I had the transformation with my father, I went to seminary and I studied on mental health because he had some health issues. And I realized I had health issues because I had an anger problem. And I was always just get mad and just throw things and be hollering and screaming and acting crazy. And then I would be happy go lucky for two or three weeks. And then something would happen and I would go revert back. So when I went to seminary and I, and I took the classes and the counseling, uh, I stopped uh, studying on depression, anxiety, you know, and those type of things. And um, I got really in, in, encouraged about the uh, coursework that I was doing because I was really, pretty much seeing my own self and my family, those that deal with mental illness and other friends that I had been around over my over life. I kind of try to diagnose some of the people that used to be angry and mad and want to fight all the time and want to shoot and kill folk. I started finding out, well, wait a minute. And most of this was a black community. So I said, my, no wonder the black community is so angry all the time because we've never gotten help from the trauma that we have, have come up against. So once I went through that, I had to do my my uh, program where you have to do your, your thesis. And when I did my thesis, I, I picked uh, mental health and I did that and went through school with that and was able to diagnose my own self and got some help for myself as well as others that I've been working with over the years. And so that's why I got excited about the possibility that people can truly be healed and totally delivered from forgiveness and bitterness and anger and rage if they go through the process that the Lord gave me. The Lord actually gave me the process of how to get totally delivered from my father and I did it and it worked. So that's the process that I teach other women that come into my program. That's amazing. So he pretty much gave you the blueprint to forgiveness success. Right. Yes, <laughs> ma'am. He gave you the blueprint. So now, now you're just duplicating what you know that worked with you Absolutely. and you're using that to help other women. So thank you for mm -hmm. that. And you're right within not just saying that other um, communities don't experience trauma because I, we know that everybody from every race can experience trauma. Absolutely. But I have noticed with mm -hmm. our community going all the way back just mm -hmm. from slavery alone. Absolutely. It's so much we have never talked about, we yeah. have never addressed. Mm -hmm. And then you go into the individual families with these old sayings that families say what happened in this house stands. Stays house. in the house. That, that does, goes that somewhere. Does. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't even take me there. <laughs> Listen, listen, we're going to go on. I said, I'm like, that is not something that goes on in my house. Mm -hmm. I'm like, we don't say that in this house. Mm -hmm. We're going to talk about it. We're going to get some help, you know. Absolutely. I remember growing up and hearing that those sayings from some of the older people in the family. This is family. Mm -hmm. This is family. No, no. This didn't happen to you. This happened to me. To me. That's right. <laughs> this happened to me. And I got to learn how to deal with this. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just so, come so the, so, so yes. the first yeah the first book is when love 
heals. And that's and that was my thesis. And so the Lord told me to take my thesis and turn it into a book. And so I tell my story of, of the rage and the anger that I had, that the hatred I had for my daddy. Uh, you know, I became uh, the type of person was an introvert in birth, but I, I became even deeper and darker as an introvert. Didn't have many friends, maybe one or two friends. And and it was just hard for me to, to, to bounce back. And so I, when I really started getting into the church thing, I moved back to Charlotte and, and found a fabulous church. And I had a wonderful pastor that really did a lot of teaching and uh, biblical training. Learned a lot of that and learned the techniques and things of how I could read scriptures and, and comprehend them and be able to walk them out, as the scriptures say, and they would work for me. So that's one reason why I wrote, wrote the first book, because I was able to forgive my father through the precepts and, precepts and examples that I were taught in Bible school and as well as seminary. And so I took some of those same things that I was 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 taught and learned. And also I added a, a other stuff on it that the Lord told me, which was my diet. It's very important to change your diet and eat the right things. And then you have to exercise. You have to have a very good um, uh attitude far as not being negative all the time, but be positive. So I had to learn to retrain my brain and you can actually retrain your brain by having positive things in your mind, thinking about them instead of negative things. So I started doing that for several months. And then all of a sudden I was able to rewire my brain and be able to have positive thoughts instead of negative thoughts coming in my way. When negative things were coming my way, I knew how to crush them by pleading the blood of Jesus and then putting something positive in my mind and speak it out loud into the atmosphere. And so that 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 really, really worked for me. And it, it still works for a lot of people today because now they have done the research and they have actually said that those things do work if you continually talk and speak and think positive things that you can heal your mind. And so I was able to heal my mind. And so that's what I teach other people. And so the second book is When Love, uh, first one was When Love Hurts, the second was When Love Heals. And that talks about love, the importance of loving and forgiveness and how you can really, once you forgive and you love people, no matter who they are, what they do, and just keep loving and have the spirit of love on you, then God can change and transform your life as well. And he has definitely done that for me. The third book is When Love Heals the Ugly, Ugly Spirit of Jealousy. The Lord gave me that book because for years, when I was down and out and poor, I had a bunch of friends. But as you start elevating in life and start getting blessed, you start getting the nice cars, the nice homes, the education, uh, the clothes, you know, the, the notoriety, people begin to be jealous of you. And so I had to fight that all my life. It, you know, it could be that you look better than somebody think they need to be looking you know, maybe you're light skinned and they dark skinned. You don't like the color of your hair because it's blonde. You know, I've, I, you know, I've went through so many things in life where people were so jealous of me and hated me for no reason. And I've always been the type of person that loved people and pour back into people's lives. But I noticed that jealousy is an ugly spirit. So I did research on that and I lived it. So I wrote a book on that. And in, in that book talks about other teaching people that are attempted to be jealous, what they should not be doing and how they can get delivered. On the other part, I teach people that have been been abused because they other people have been jealous of them to how they can forgive those and move forward. So that that is my third book that I'm coming out actually this year to be out in a couple of months. So that oh. is When Love Heals the Ugly Spirit of Jealousy because it is ugly 
And now it's even more so than ever. All over the news, you hear how people are killing people for no reason because they were jealous. You know, mm -hmm. the young lady that was killed, I think, overseas at, at the, um, uh, I can't remember the, the area that it was at, but, alleged, but it was allegedly her friends mm -hmm. killed her. I can't say he, they did because I don't know. I can't legally say that. But it, from what all the news people were saying, you know, a, a lot of people were jealous of her. Her friends were jealous of her. And at the end, she ended up losing her life. So this is a real strong demon, a demonic demon that people need to get delivered from. Those that have it need to get delivered. Those that are experiencing need to forgive and, and get away from people that are jealous of them because it's as cruel as the grave, which basically means they can kill you spiritually, psychologically, and mentally. So it's best mm -hmm. to leave those type of friendships alone and, and then hang with people that you know that love you and celebrate you and not tolerate you. Oh, exactly. So I, I absolutely love the series. So the series is When Love Hurts, When Love Heals, and Combating the Ugly Spirit of Jealousy, which I absolutely. think are all things that we need, especially in the now, because it has been a different type of environment, a different type of world ever since we've been uh, going right after through COVID. COVID. Mm -hmm. It's right. like... It's, it's, people are so angry, so angry, and, and so violent, and mm -hmm. I'm not saying the entire world, but at, on a global scale, I'm not saying everybody. That's what right. I'm saying. But I'm just saying on a global scale, you hear more violence, you hear about more killings, you just hear mm -hmm. about people just on the edge. Yeah, there's no love. I mean, we don't have love in America like we used to, and we got to get that back. And that's another reason why I'm here to teach it, to preach it. They're pouring to people to show them that they don't have to be bitter, that they can keep moving and be happy and love, regardless of what people do to you, because that's what the Baptist teaches. And if we just yeah. go back to the good book, I mean, it's right there, but we're not living it. It's just, it's sad. I see so much every day you hear on the news where somebody's killed somebody for no reason. Just crazy stuff. Just, it is. And, then, it is. and just, and then road rage. Like yesterday when I was driving uh, and I was changing lanes, a guy came in on me and almost hit me cussed me out, stuck his finger out, you know, like he wanted to jump on me and fight. And I'm going, are you serious? <laughs> are you really serious? Like, I'm going to get out and fight you. Really? So exactly. I just let him go ahead, baby. Go ahead. Go ahead. Exactly. And so that's what we have to do more so now today than ever before, because you never know what's in a person's mind. They may be looking for a person to react so they can have exactly. a call to kill you. Mm -hmm. they're, um, looking for, they're looking for a fight. And I, and that's what he was doing. You're absolutely right, Sister Tina. I mean, Dr. Tina, because he was looking like he was wanting me to fight. He kept saying stuff, you know, and, and, and trying to nag me on to get me angry. And, and thank God my husband was in there, too, with me. And he was so, uh, you know, perturbed. He said, I just cannot believe this. And, and he said, don't look at him, honey. Just just keep just keep, just keep driving. Don't look at him because he could have fueled him in his anger because he was hollering at his wife. But that's how the enemy is. He tries everything he can to try to make us go to the, to the next level. But if you you know, if we're believers in Christ, we don't go there with that kind of behavior. We got to learn how to turn it off, not saying that we don't get mad, we don't get angry, but you can't do what others do. And because the enemy, he's, he's picking those fights so he can kill you, so he can make your life look miserable and, and let people talk about you and say, oh, I thought she was this way. And look at her now. I thought she was a saint. Look what she did because they try to edge you on for a fight, but we don't have to go there 
you can really control yourself and your emotions by not going that way and choose to do the right things. That is so true. And so with that being said, uh, a little birdie told me that you have a show called Wisdom Tips. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder who that little birdie was. <laughs> a birdie just told me. Okay. <laughs> so yeah. yeah. So tell us about, because many people may be listening to you and they're inspired and they want to know how they can learn more from you. So can you tell us about your show, Wisdom Tips, and why you decided to name it such and where can people tune in to your show? Yes, uh, you can. My show is called Wisdom Tips with Dr. Connie Green. And uh, I come on every Thursday, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the CTR Media Network. And so I do that because uh, I was trained by Dr. Tina Ramsey. She trained me on how to be a podcaster. And uh, I'm able to go out and share about the goodness of the Lord. And the reason I call my broadcast Wisdom Tips is because the Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. And all that getting, get an understanding. And I always add when I close out so you can live a victorious life. So, you know, uh, wisdom is talked about in the Bible and, and Proverbs. And the Bible tells us that wisdom is even greater than money, silver, or gold. And so he gave Solomon, he asked Solomon, what did he want? And Solomon said, you know, he wanted to be able to have wisdom to go in and out, but be among the people to serve them. And so with that, God said, because you didn't ask for riches, gold, silver, and all of that, he said, I will give you everything that you need. And the Bible tells us that he had, he was the he would have a man he was the number one man for wisdom and people all over the world would give him money and things because they wanted to know his wisdom. So in order to get delivered from from anger, to get delivered from fear, depression, anxiety, all the emotional baggage that we have sometime in our life, you have to have some wisdom to live the right life, to choose and have wisdom. Choose that you're not going to be that way, that you don't want that attribute in your spirit or your heart. And get on your knees and pray. You got to have the wisdom to, to, to learn that you need to know God and know his word and to know what you need to do in the Bible. It tells us everything. It's an open Bible. It's our map. It's a road map for life. So when we get wisdom, we can learn from God and then we can we can live our life that way. When you live the life of a, a person with wisdom, you don't make the same mistakes that other people make. Okay, now it's a lot of people. Wisdom is different from intelligence. It's a lot of intelligent people out there that just could blow your mind because they know so much and they're so gifted and they got three or four degrees and everybody look up to them and they reference them and, and rightly so because they went to school. But a lot of those educated people that has got a whole lot of intelligence don't have no wisdom. Oh, I'm talking good. You got to have the wisdom of God. It's supernatural and you don't get it unless God give it to you. When I read that book of Proverbs and I found out what Solomon did and asked God for wisdom, that's what I did. I prayed and asked God for wisdom. I fasted and asked God for wisdom. I saw his face and I was serious about it and God gave me wisdom. And if it had not been for the wisdom of God, I would not be here today. I would have still been hating my father. I probably would have still been messing with drugs and being an alcoholic. I would have still been out in those streets and doing what I wanted to do and then definitely wouldn't have been saved. But the Lord gave me the wisdom I asked for and now when God gives, when gives you wisdom, it's almost like a spirit of discernment. A lot of people say, I have the spirit of discernment. Yeah, that is also a gift that God can give us. But you also can have a gift of wisdom when you can see you can see when something is going to happen, even before it happens. You can see if it's somebody you need to deal with or somebody you shouldn't because the spirit of God will let you know. 
So wisdom is very important. I mean, it's the, it's the attribute that everyone needs to have a successful life and to be rich and, and wealthy. And I don't, I don't believe in seeking God's face just to be rich or wealthy. Don't get me wrong. You can be rich and wealthy in your mindset and in the life that you live and in the character that you live. So so many ways that you can just, just read the scriptures and learn from that. And if you go to Proverbs and you read one, once um, if you can read, it's, it's I think it's a it's it's a thirty chapters in in Proverbs. If you read each chapter every day, you will be surprised how much you would know about wisdom. And then you'll try, hopefully, want to learn and desire to have wisdom. And the Bible says, if you want wisdom, ask of God. So that's what I did, and that's what you can do. Wisdom is very important. That's why I have a show called Wisdom Tips. I agree with you a thousand percent. And it is a great difference between intelligence and wisdom. And very few people have both. Uh, you either have one or the other. But some walk around, they have both. Because it's very hard, just like I said, for a rich man to go through a needle of the um, camera. It's very sometimes hard for a very intelligent person to accept the wisdom of God because it's not something that they can all the time touch, see, and feel. Amen. You know, and so wisdom is something that's going to take you through moments that there is no roadmap. No roadmap. <laughs> and so wisdom is something very, very beautiful. And if you have wisdom, please don't squander it. Mm. Please don't take it for van. Take it. Don't take it for granted. Take it for granted. Mm. It's something that most people don't have. So if you notice that you have the spirit of the sermon, the spirit of wisdom, and and use it in the right way. Mm -hmm. it's because people can use their gifts and use them badly. We want Absolutely. you to use them in the right way. Okay. Absolutely. So this has been an amazing pleasure having you today, Dr. Connie, on, on the team show you guys i want you guys to make sure that you stay connected with dr uh dr connie green you can follow her on all social media platforms all podcasting platforms as well as ctr media network you can also from ctr media network go and click on her logo for wisdom tips per show you will also go from there and click her store feature it will take you to her website where you can purchase her books where you can get her consultations, all the things that is um, about Dr. Connie Green and what she does, you can go to CTR Media Network up under her part of the website, which is Wisdom Tips, and go ahead and book your consultation, purchase your book, and reach out. If you're a person struggling with forgiveness, you're a person struggling with trauma, you're a person struggling with just feeling like you're worthy. Okay, having depression, all the things that she just discussed in today's interview, you can literally go. And this is why she's here on this earth to help you work through all of that that you're going through. You're not alone anymore. Okay, you don't have to fight this alone. Amen. So reach out to Dr. Connie Green, you guys. This has been such an amazing time. I'm going to thank you. Thank you, so thank you so oh. much. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Dr. Oh. Tina, for having me. God bless it, you. too. It was indeed my pleasure. So, you guys, if no one told you this today that they love you, I do. And I want you to know 
that regardless of what's happening around you, I want you to do what? I want you to keep smiling. Until next time, we'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>